Welcome, listeners. We are back with another episode of Diverse Dialogues, and in the light of our podcast's title, today we're diving into another riveting perspective with intriguing Japanese literature. That's right, Kazuo. Today we'll journey through the unsettling psyche of the protagonist in Osamu Dazai's No Longer Human. Often categorized as a masterpiece, this novel escorts us to the fringes of societal perceptions, all while uncovering profound internal battles. An introspective adventure, for sure. A narrative that resonates deep indeed, Chloe. Speaking of perspectives, Desai successfully creates a vivid landscape through the views of a man teetering on the edges of society. Dramatic, yet hauntingly relatable in parts. Absolutely. And it's not just any ordinary tale. The layers of complexities, the struggles of the protagonist, and the portrayal of alienation make it a truly engaging exploration of the human condition. True. Alienation combined with self-destruction chasing after helical solace. It's almost like Desai's crafted a poignant painting of words. I'm keen on deciphering this artistry throughout our dialogue today. That's the spirit, Chloe. So, listeners, brace yourselves as we deep dive into the suffocating silence of no longer human, hoping to bring out muffled whispers to light. Join us on this somber yet captivating journey. Digging into our theme, No Longer Human, I've noticed something remarkably familiar. The protagonist's experiences hit close to home, subtly echoing my own struggles, particularly when it comes to facing adversity. How so, Kazuo? See, I've had times where I've felt cornered, dictated by circumstances, overwhelmed by life. Just like the protagonist, I've often questioned my place, my worth amid the chaos. Overcoming those lows definitely takes immense strength. Indeed, Nora. But the difference lies in how we respond to these adversities. Where I used my father's bankruptcy as a stepping stone to push myself, the protagonist succumbs. He is ensnared in chains of alienation and self-destruction. A stark contrast indeed. Exactly. And so, as we dissect this narrative, I can't help but understand him. Not empathize, but understand. For I too have trembled at the precipice of despair, teetering on the edge. But I chose a different path. I clawed way back up with a vow, a goal to battle financial instability root and branch. Quite an introspective view, Kazuo, and a unique lens to view the protagonist's turmoil through. It's the raw humanity of his struggles that makes him relatable. We're all touched by hardships, and the vulnerability in his narration is a mirror to our own secrets, our doubts. A mirror where every mark, every stain stands glaring back at us. So with this understanding of the protagonist's turmoil, let's peel back some more layers of the novel, especially its darker themes, starting with the constant thread of alienation. Alienation, yes. It's a relentless wave washing over the protagonist, completely isolating him from the society. In his eyes, he's an observer, an outsider, rather than a participant of life. It's soul-crushing, and it's palpable. The self-destruction, though, that's another game. It's not fast, not explicit. It's a slow burn, designs itself through actions, amplifies every failure and projects an ingrained inferiority in him. That inferiority, does it explain his lack of self-identity? The fear of being exposed, because the impression I get is that he might not hate himself, per se, but rather he hates the idea of being seen as lesser, as being judged. Exactly, Chloe. The irony here is that he becomes his own harshest critic, 
that overwhelming self-loathing, shame, it all feeds the destructive spiral he's caught in. And that spiraling pattern, it's interesting because it's not just linear, it's cyclical. There are moments of hope, even joy, but they are fleeting, rushing away even before he can grasp them, leaving him deeper into his gloom. This cyclical pattern, though dark, seems instrumental in the depiction of a genuine human struggle. After all, life is often not just a downward slide, but a series of ups and downs. And therein lies the crux of No Longer Human. The dark themes are not just for shock value or as aesthetic elements. They compel us to pay attention, to see, understand, and, maybe, reflect upon our own narratives, our own patterns. Reflecting further on the theme of alienation in the novel, it's worth delving into the cultural context that is perhaps ingrained in the fabric of Japanese society. So you mean like cultural nuances that might be lost on a global audience? Precisely, Nora. In Japan, the societal norms revolve a lot around conformity, to fit into the norm, to not make waves, can often be overwhelming. The protagonist's feelings of being an outsider, that in Japan, is profound alienation. I see that's an intriguing perspective. So, you're saying the societal pressure to conform has essentially intensified his isolation? As I see it, absolutely. Being different is often perceived as a disruption to the harmony of society. Mindful of these cultural dynamics, the protagonist's struggle feels so much more intense, real. That sure gives us a deeper understanding of his solitude. No one wants to be an outcast especially in a society that values unity so gravely. That culturally rich context definitely enriches our understanding of the novel's emotional weight. Thank you for adding that layer, Kazuo. It's crucial to our approach to no longer human. Culture isn't a mere backdrop in literature. It serves as a living, breathing character that shapes the narrative. Building on our insightful discussion, I'd like to take a moment to talk about the protagonist's psychological state. True certainly have the expertise for that, Nora. Please, go ahead. Thanks, Chloe. Now, literature often vividly portrays mental illnesses that aren't always easy to diagnose clinically. Throughout reading, it became apparent to me that our protagonist shows signs of depression, the sense of alienation, the struggles with self-worth, and ultimately his downward spiral, both symbolically and literally. An interesting angle there, Nora. But it must be quite complex, isn't it? differentiating between normal human experiences of sadness and clinical diagnosis. Absolutely, Kazuo. Mental health is a nuanced field. What sets clinical depression apart is its severity, persistence, and interference with daily life. Could this isolation, this profound alienation we just discussed, enhance such feelings? Indeed, Kazuo. Social isolation can severely impact mental well-being. The protagonist, being constantly misunderstood by society, intensifies his sense of despair, increasing his vulnerability to mental illnesses, like depression. So the societal elements we discussed are not just an external force, but also an internal one, reinforcing his psychological struggle. Exactly, Chloe, spot on. It's this crippling interplay of societal norms and mental health that makes the protagonist's journey so heartbreaking yet introspective. Chloe. Your artistic perspective would certainly offer us a fresh take on No Longer Human. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Thanks, Kazuo. Dazai's genius in embedding symbolic images throughout the narrative is what intrigued me. 
It's like walking through a gallery where each chapter holds a separate artwork, but together they weave a cohesive story. That's a beautiful analogy, Chloe. Darzai presents his emotions symbolically rather than directly describing his vicissitudes, and that's pure art, just like a series of brushstrokes capturing the artist's emotions in the moment. Interesting. Which symbols in the novel stood out for you? Well, for instance, mirrors appear frequently in the novel, depicting the protagonist's struggle with his own human identity. Each reflection seems to rip him further apart. Mirrors here, in my view, symbolize self-conflict and fear of confronting oneself. Much like he's paralyzed by his own image? Exactly, Nora. The protagonist's fear of his own reflection mirrors his fear of confronting his dark emotions. This struggle is subtly etched in between Desai's lines and is something we can all relate to, in varying degrees. Certainly adds a different lens to the reading. Any other symbolism that drew your attention? Yes, another prominent symbol is the sensation of drowning, emblematic of his melancholy and despair. It's not merely a physical death, but represents a deeper psychological annihilation. These intricate web of symbols give the novel its multidimensional appeal, don't you think? Absolutely. Your detailed understanding adds another layer of richness to Desai's masterpiece, Chloe. Indeed, the artistic lens amplifies the depth of our understanding— proving that literature is truly a meeting point of several art forms. Shifting our focus back to the protagonist, it's the distressing journey of his despair that's rather striking to me. Absolutely, Kazuo. The deeper we delve into his psyche, the more tangible his emotional turmoil becomes. Yes, his misery seems to be a thread weaved into every single fabric of his daily existence. His self-view as a clown or a less-than-human entity tinges every interaction and experience he has. I'm glad you brought that up, Kazuo. The prologue, I am a clown, is not just a statement, it's the protagonist's reality. This vivid portrayal of total despair must have left a deep impression on many readers. That's an astute observation, Chloe. Desai's protagonist indeed is in a state of relentless self-loathing, fueling his descent towards despair. It's this dark spiral that makes no longer human so emotionally heavy yet valuable in understanding human suffering. Kind of like an artist's painting, where multiple shades of despair layer on top of each other, creating a shadowy picture of his life. Don't you agree, Nora? I see your point, Kazuo. His despair is not an instance, but a process, unfolding and escalating as the story progresses. Indeed. The way Desai chronicles his trials and tribulations leaves the readers emotionally intertwined with the protagonist, experiencing despair in its most raw, unfiltered form. And it's this portrayal that makes his story resonate so heavily. It's a narrative that breaks barriers, allowing us to see human fragility in all its honesty. I couldn't agree more, Nora. It's the protagonist's state of despair that makes No Longer Human a hauntingly unforgettable read. Interestingly enough, this novel isn't simply a work of fiction. It's heavily laced with autobiographical elements from Dazai's own life. Absolutely, Kazuo. Dazai's personal experiences undoubtedly played a significant role in shaping the narrative. The torments of the protagonist mirror what Dazai himself went through, adding a layer of authenticity and rawness to the story. It's almost like a confession. A personal diary that Desai opened to the public, inviting us all into his deeply troubled mind. A bold move. I share that sentiment, Nora. The protagonist's turmoil felt all too real. It makes me wonder, 
Could this have been Desai's silent plea for understanding? Kazuo, your thoughts ring an unsettling but possibly true note. The life of the protagonist and Dazai seem to converge at many points, blurring the line between fiction and reality. This blurring not only provides a haunting thrust to the narrative, but also raises questions about the role and responsibility of a writer. Where does one draw the line between reality and fiction, especially while dealing with such sensitive issues? It's indeed a gray area, Nora. Maybe Desai wasn't looking to draw any lines. His realities and hallucinations were, perhaps, so intertwined that the line itself existed no more for him. Such a perspective, Kazuo, speaks volumes about the depth of Desai's suffering, so deeply intertwined with his creation. No longer human, thus becomes not just a novel, but a stark portrait painted with the hues of Desai's own troubled psyche. A chilling thought, but one that certainly makes the novel all the more compelling. It ceases to be simply a story, and evolves into a testimony of a troubled soul. Indeed, a testament, Nora. A testament of a life lived on the fringes, echoing in the chilling narrative of no longer human. I think it's time we involve our listeners a bit. We've received some really thought-provoking reflections from you all. I've got one here from Yuki in Tokyo. She writes, Desai's novel made me question if we're all just a step away from tipping into chaos. It was like viewing life through a gnarled mirror. How aptly put. Absolutely, what a perspective. Here's another response from Jeff in Austin, Texas. He said, Desai paints a raw picture of human frailty. It gave me sleepless nights but made me appreciate the resilience of the human spirit. Definitely, a sentiment many of us across the world share, I believe. Quite enlightening, Nora. Let's see what Sarah from Seoul states. No longer human made me feel seen in my loneliest moments. It's unnerving yet strangely comforting. Such honesty and introspection from our listeners make this dialogue truly global and personal. Agreed, Chloe. It's touching to see our listeners resonate so deeply with the narrative of no longer human. To me, it adds layers to the complexity and understanding of Desai's masterpiece. Spot on, Kazuo. It reaffirms our role here. We're just facilitators in this communal understanding of a shared global literary heritage. What a beautiful way to put it, Nora. To all our listeners, we encourage you to continue sharing your reflections on these novels. You make this journey all the more enriching. Thank you. So, moving from personal experiences to the narrative itself, let's talk about Desai's storytelling skills. Certainly his style is distinctive and unconventional, which, in my opinion, frames the prevalent themes quite effectively. Nora, Chloe, your thoughts? Absolutely, Kazuo. What strikes me is his raw, unfiltered approach. It's almost as if the words themselves are battle's scars, each sentence a cry for understanding. And it's not just the way he uses words, it's how he structures the narrative. The non-linear style challenges traditional storytelling techniques, which I find quite intriguing. Yes, Chloe. It seems Desai intentionally played with time and space. Past and presence blurring, reality layering over delusions all echo the protagonist's fragmented self-perception, perhaps a reflection of his internal chaos. Wow, that's a striking observation, Kazuo. And it draws our attention to another aspect. Desai's choice to write the novel in first person gives us a closer, perhaps more uncomfortable insight into the protagonist's mind. Right, Nora. 
By blurring the lines between the protagonist and himself, Dazai has crafted a narrative as unforgiving as reality. There is never a moment's respite from the pain, and that accentuates the feeling of alienation and despair. Indeed, Chloe. Dazai's storytelling technique is a stark reflection of the deeper themes in No Longer Human. It's an intellectual challenge to the reader, pushing us to venture beyond our comfort zones, making this novel a timeless piece of literature. Well, before we delve deep into the struggle of human nature, I'd like to reiterate that No Longer Human displays how pressures from society can distort us, can make us question our humanity. The protagonist's struggle to fit in and be human by societal norms is a persistent theme in the novel. That's an insightful point, Kazuo. I believe, in essence, what Desai beautifully yet painfully portrays is a clash between the ideal and the real self. The protagonist's futile attempts to meet societal expectations end up distancing him from his genuine self. Exactly, Nora. The protagonist views himself through the lens of societal expectations and, in doing so, deems himself disqualified from being human. The societal gaze forces him to wear different facades, none of which truly mirror his inner self. Maybe in Desai's perspective, to struggle is to be human. He weaves this theme so seamlessly in the protagonist's narrative that it becomes a potent exploration of human vulnerability and resilience. Agreed, Kazuo. And this echoes the universal human struggle, the feat to adapt, to fit in. It's a reflection of our inherent need for social acceptance. I love that point, Nora. It's this universality in the struggle that triggers empathy in the readers, making Desai's narrative resonate across cultures and times. Moving on to the novel's ending, it leaves a lasting impression on me. The protagonist chooses to succumb to his despair, exemplifying Dazai's belief in the inevitability of our personal demons. I think the ending underscores the severity of the protagonist's internal struggle. His demise sounds an alarm for mental health, pushing us to reflect on our own actions as well. For myself, it's the unresolved loops, the apocalypse of the fake selves that the protagonist built up which hit hard. The desolation it springs is tragic, yet poetic. What influenced me the most was how the protagonist's struggle mirrored the writer's own. It nudges one to think beyond the text. You mean Dazai's life? Yes, Chloe, his life, his struggles. They intertwine so intricately that it's unsettling. I concur, Kazuo. It's horrifically beautiful how he has projected his own life into the protagonist's despair. Yet it's a reminder that we can pen our emotions as a way of dealing with them. Indeed, art, literature, any form of expression is a powerful tool in our battle against our demons. To me, the greatest takeaway was the raw portrayal of the protagonist's struggle to maintain his human facade under societal pressure. It echoes Desai's plea for understanding and empathy. Looking back, our discussion today certainly mirrored the literary journey Desai took us on. Absolutely. The exploration of his intricate themes was truly enlightening. From feelings of alienation to the essence of societal pressures, it has been a deeply introspective ride. And don't forget the powerful artistic symbolism. The metaphor of no longer human, the depiction of the protagonist's struggle, truly remarkable. Indeed, Chloe. Desai's storytelling technique was something we all absorbed. The layers of his narrative, its progression, and the way he infused his personal life into fiction. It's targeting empathy in readers perhaps a call for understanding. 
Your perspective on Japanese society and alienation was invaluable. Kazuo. It added a new dimension to our understanding. Just as your interpretation from a healthcare point of view, Nora, and the artistic evaluation from Chloe, it's wonderful how we brought our individual perspectives to analyze this masterpiece. True. We painted a fuller picture of what design might have intended with this narrative. The way we stitched our insights together, it's like we breathed life into an old tale. That's the beauty of this book club vibe. It's variegating our exploration, blurring the line between an academic literature circle and a casual chat between friends. It's what Diverse Dialogues is all about. A multiplicity of perspectives joined together in an enriching and respectful discussion. I think ultimately we underscored the central message that in this layered society, grappling with identity is a universal struggle. No one, however, should have to face it alone or feel no longer human. So true, Chloe. With our combined strengths, I feel like we can really make a difference, making literature more accessible and less terrifying. Can't wait for our next meet. Fascinating discussions today, wasn't it? It always surprises me how much depth we, as individuals, perceive in these narratives and how it resonates with everyone personally. Definitely. And I am continually amazed at our listeners' eagerness to binge on our discussions. I'm buzzing with excitement for the upcoming episode. Each podcast feels fresher than the one before, and I can't wait to disclose what we're planning for the next one either. Should we give them a little hint? Let's indeed. Get ready, dear listeners, as we prepare to dive into a saga, staging an intricate dance between human resilience and fate. A dance that interweaves the delicate fabric of societal customs and individual aspirations. Guesses yet? Twists and turns in an unforeseen drama of life and death. Gooked up enough curiosity yet. I can almost hear the wheels turning in their brains. We'll reveal the title in our social media updates. Don't forget to check it out. And stay tuned. Remember, every episode is a doorway to a new perspective. We're excited to unpack the next narrative alongside you all. Can't wait to reconvene for another enriching chat. Until then, keep reading and unraveling the magic of Japanese literature. See you next time. As we draw the curtain on today's chat, a heartfelt domo arigato. Thank you to all our listeners. Each episode, each discussion, feels enriched by your indulgence in these dialogues. Absolutely. There's something magical about you testing our revelation's veracity, adding a fine touch to this journey we're undertaking. Your active engagement keeps our spirit alive, and we're profoundly grateful for your involvement. Rightly said, guys. It adds juice to our narrative when we perceive your fervor to closely listen, learn, and most importantly, empathize with the stories we bring to you. Bless you all for sticking to this ride with us. We'd like to extend our sincere gratitude to everyone, listeners, and guest hosts alike, joining us in exploring the complex and vibrant world of Japanese literature. Our discussions wouldn't be the same without your keen ears and insightful perspectives. Our heartfelt thanks to the multitude of people participating in our little community. Let's continue to learn, evolve, and grow together. Stay tuned as we welcome thought-provoking dialogues in our future conversations. We hope to explore as many narratives as we can, expanding our horizon infinitely. It's a promise we've made to you, and we're positively thrilled to fulfill it, episode after episode. With that, we wrap up today's rendezvous. Farewell for now, valued listeners. Stay curious, stay resilient, and join us next time for another deep dive into the world of intersecting perspectives. Here's to the stories still unexplored, 
and the perspectives yet uncovered. So until then, keep a vigilant ear out for our next book of the month. Goodbye for now. See you on the flip side, folks. Don't forget to keep those pages turning and your thoughts brewing. Remember, every book has a new world waiting to be discovered, over and out.